Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to our very first podcast. I'm here with Jeff Fan, professional sketch artist who draws movie posters for a living. Today, we are going to talk about Alexander Mandrajev and Fang Zhu. Hi, Jeff. How are you going today? Hey, doing well today. Yeah, how yeah. are you? <laughs> I'm going well. Um, so yeah, I, I've just written some questions for you. And I know you have written some questions for me. And we're just going yeah, to Yeah, first go... off, um, is it Feng Zhu or Feng Zhu? Zhu? I'm going to say that you're probably correct in that Feng Zhou. Feng Zhu? <laughs> I, I think that I've heard him refer to himself as Feng Zhu. It, it, that okay. sounds familiar, but okay. that's not really the way that you pronounce it in Chinese. I, so I'm curious... Yeah. He's probably doing the thing where he's uh, he's Americanizing it for easier access. But anyways, uh, yeah, let's. You got some questions for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought these questions would be really great um, because you have a lot of experience in art, and I know that um, when I when I was first learning art, especially, uh, I would look at some of these great artists and. I would have so many questions too. And I think there's a difference in experience and that asking you who is more seasoned can maybe bring some of those insights out. So my first question is extremely general. Um, how did you find out about Alexander Mandzijev? How did I find about, out about Alexander? I'm pretty sure it's from ArtStation. It's either ArtStation or he appeared on some, some listing of Marvel concept artists, which is, a, mm -hmm. and uh, I might've been going through the lists and then I landed on him and he just had a completely different, I wouldn't even say style, but his, his format's different. So mm -hmm. he, even though he says he's a keyframe illustrator, his, his work is completely different from other keyframe illustrators even in marvel because his work is so dark and so moody at times that it it really does look like a frame from a movie or specifically a horror movie whereas mm. keyframe illustrators uh let's say in the marvel universe they are describing a scene, they seem to be putting a lot more elements in that don't really seem necessary to tell a story. It's just, oh, we need a we need an illustration of a hero shot of all ten hero all ten heroes of the Avengers uh, fighting against twenty monsters. And that's kind of the image that I have of keyframe illustration. But mm -hmm. for Alex, it is oh, what is this single character that's isolated in the frame feeling, uh, which I thought was really strong and kind of drew me to him in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you describe his work like that. Um, I know when I looked at it, when I first saw his work, I was like, wow, um, this is so, it's abstract in a way. Um, but then at the same time, not not really at, in the slightest. If you were, I guess, a beginning artist, 
what type of path would you think is most appropriate to take to get a, obtain a similar skill set as as alex yeah like if you dude want... i have <laughs> i i have no clue <laughs> yo uh, i i've had the incredible opportunity to take a class from him even and uh, the way that he <laughs> taught the class basically just shrouded his process in layers upon layers of mystery the guy how to start from the beginning as as an artist well maybe the advice is just to be a fine artist you know like find your own way right because his the way that he paints is so much tied to him personally and the way that he feels about what the painting should mean i remember distinctly there was this demo he was doing it's a three hour long class and he trashed the painting two hours in. He just, he just couldn't handle it and started painting a new one for the last 30 minutes, which is, it's totally fine as an artist to do so, but that doesn't really, it doesn't shed any light on a process that can be repeated, I think. It's just kind of the way that he's, he's feeling about each piece. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because in one side of art and i guess our contemporary context the idea of learning a set skills or set pathway is definitely um definitely being pushed but it seems like in your case the set process was almost um, more focused on having your own voice is that correct there there was a there was a couple of takeaways of just the films that he had watched as a kid and his uh his his love of these moments in cinema that specifically gave him a deep emotional feeling something something really strong i thought cuz i i've never been into horror cinema he kind of made us all watch a bunch of movies that had those moments that were very tense or had uh, key moments that were in that horror field and that that I think was more important to him than conveying a technique a, lo a lot of other teachers seem to be very good at breaking down how form works or how light works and his was very strangely a fine art discipline in the sense of trying to input emotion or I guess in a certain sense you try to feel the emotion and then you hope in some way that it, it comes through in the artwork it's that's kind of the way that he seemed to approach it yeah I I, I understand um, but in my experience even if I like feel a specific way I find it very difficult to express that technically with a paintbrush or through Photoshop. I kind of wonder, I'm looking at this image that, um, that you've put in our shared document of an example of Alexander oh, yeah. Mandijev. And it's a, it's a girl who's been silhouetted with a blue ba textured background. There is, there's something in the distance, um, there's a little bit of light, a little bit of smoke, but for the most part, it is a girl silhouetted with a textured background. And technically, this doesn't seem super difficult in terms of 
there's no perspective or well, I guess there is perspective um, but at the same time I'm assuming you feel very strongly about like an emotional impact from this piece and I kind of wonder if you could break try perhaps break down some technical aspects that would lead to this emotional response for you for me yeah well, I mean, I, the, there is kind of a strong focus on composition. So the way that I would describe it is that you can find and pull out shapes from an abstract mess. Let's say uh, you, you've done no tan sketches before, yeah, right? Yeah, no tan yeah, it's in black and white. Yep. Yeah, those black and white sketches, uh, you're usually looking at a landscape, perhaps, and you're you're thinking in terms of... <laughs> Can I boil this down to a black and white abstraction that still conveys what I want? I would say that his process is very similar to that. It's just that he starts with the abstract shape and he, he starts with the emotion that he wants to convey and the abstract shape slowly takes form in the same way that you would uh, create a notan. So a, a lot of the stuff is not necessarily grayscale, but it's very monotone design, which is great because you know it works very well with a, a painting specific style. Like his 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 paintings are very very how should I say painterly. <laughs> there there's a lot of areas where there's flat areas and there's a lot of areas where there's texture and brush strokes mixing in with more rendered areas let's say the girl's body is rendered pretty well or he might have used a photo who knows <laughs> yeah that does definitely does make sense um and just for reference what is the no time process exactly i don't know i feel like you might have a better explanation for it I, it's it's kind of a process of using black and white to really simplify the composition you're working with. To me, I think it's the way to simplify what you're doing into the most basic terms possible. A in way terms to of simplify things into the most basic way possible. Interesting. Um, and I guess this is my final question. Does his work and this simplification of shape or, or clear reading of shape, does that affect, influence your own artwork? Oh, and, no. and if so, how? Oh, okay, that is surprising. <laughs> well, I, well I, gotta, I gotta preface that with saying that my artwork, or you could say my, my art life right now is very not personal, which means that most of what I've, I'm doing in, in terms of art is just at work. So <laughs> at work, I just do line drawings. And if I'm lucky, we're doing paintings, but it's not super painterly like this. It's it's kind of um, poster art. So mm -hmm. I it, it doesn't inform my personal work because my personal work is, is currently non-existent. Feng Zhu is the artist that you've chosen, right? Uh-huh, that's and correct. I have a distinct memory of Feng Zhu looking at consultart.org. He was he was basically a titan. So it it's it's interesting to me that you picked him because 
he's been this long-standing giant name in the industry even even now because because of the school he's running he he pumps out students um so i i'm curious myself because i have a i i have a personal memory of of him but do you remember what your first viewing of feng zhu was from and what what was your reaction to yeah i think i think feng zhu has shaped my life so dramatically the first time i saw anything by him it was one of his videos um someone on social media had linked it to me i opened the video and it was one of my first exposures to the world of painting or almost speed painting but the way it it feels like it's speed painting because he's going so fast but at the same time he's not just speed painting he's trying to do a design too and i thought that was so amazing because in my mind i had this idea of art as being a very labored process something that would take days months even years to create and all and suddenly i would see this guy just paint four paintings in, in two hours and it blew my mind that art was not reserved for reserved for uh, a very long time process or that art wasn't reserved for those who had like quote-unquote talent because that was another thing that <laughs> Feng Zhu really pushed because he this his YouTube channel very much promotes his school which teaches quote foundation and the idea was that once you learn the foundation you will be able to draw anything you want and this whole idea demythed the concept of art for me and made it in a way that I could achieve something like this if I work hard enough or I studied hard enough or if I knew enough I could I too could learn how to do art you could work hard and and achieve the same dream that's that's really interesting to me because it seems that it's not even the the skill itself the the level of skill itself but that there's spontaneity to it almost as if he's improvising which which i think is is it tied into the other things that you do like dance and music that those are the levels of things that you appreciate more let's say jazz improv or or sewing or uh doing a freestyle dance versus <laughs> i think you mentioned it as people who are privileged to have the the time to <laughs> to to make art <laughs> which is hilarious to me because right now you're probably on I don't know your your fifth or sixth year really heavily doing art <laughs> yeah uh, yeah is it is it the improv version or the spontaneity of it that got you yeah I definitely think it was think it was Feng's spontaneity that got me the idea that he could just do it so quickly it wasn't necessarily about the final product and for me it has never been about the final product it's always been about the process and that sounds kind of romantic when a lot of people speak about enjoying life or like the pursuit of happiness as being the process but 
in this case in art, it it's usually being that final image. And I think once that final image was not debunked, but once I saw another side of the final image, that really made me um, made me really excited about art. And one of the reasons why I super looked up to Feng Zhu, or super do look up to Feng Zhu. Okay, yeah. I think it's kind of amazing because this, I, I remember seeing his first couple of design cinemas too, maybe starting from uh, 15 to 20 or so. And just in preparation for this, I was looking, I was looking up and he, he just released uh, Design Cinema 110 or so about a month ago, which is crazy to me because I would almost expect that he would just be tired of doing it by now. How much material can he essentially cover over and over again uh, in his, in his uh, YouTube channel? Right. Do you do you still keep up with this design cinema? I, I'm actually real curious because he's still releasing content and I was I was religiously following it, but probably up to maybe 40 or 50 or, or so. Yeah, I really, really liked his all of his design cinema stuff. Um, I think there's a point now where I don't spend that much time listening to long form YouTube videos. Oh, in general? Uh, in general, yeah. And part of that has also been not spending time specifically on with watching Fang's videos too. But I definitely do think that his videos would be a great source and I would be excited to see them still today. Mm -hmm. uh, so has your opinion sort of changed about his work from from back then up till now because not not in any negative way but i know that you had you've had experience doing some animation disciplines mm -hmm. recently so his his work is very much a completely different vein so i'm curious if your opinion has changed yeah i I would say, like all things, um, our opinions and our ideas definitely grow. But at its heart, I still definitely appreciate the speed, the expression, but also the speed <laughs> in which he can create and design and express himself. Uh, right. I've been looking at animation lately. I've been learning a lot of figurative art lately. And they're not necessarily, while I do very, very much enjoy them, they're not necessarily the quote end goal. And neither is, let's say, quote, drawing like Feng Zhu as the end goal. I feel like mm. every skill has its value. And in uh, learning multi, multiple disciplines within just art, um, a common thread emerges or strengths in each of the skill become apparent and those strengths can then be applied in, through other things. So for example, I really started to understand value through, oh, I really under, started to understand blocking in value quickly through figure drawing because in QuickSketch, 
there isn't that much time to do a fully rendered image. And so there's a very well-known shorthand, or I think it's well-known, where you just draw a line for the core shadow and then you fill in everything else in shadow. And thinking of what, that... What is that called? I don't know what that's called. There should be a term for it, huh? Thinking <laughs> of how you just described it, it sounds like a magical... Is yeah, it, it's is it, it called is it called Riley? Is I don't is, that is it though? <laughs> it's is probably that, not. It, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Riley um, is that mythical figure that we attribute everything to. <laughs> figure drawing, right? Maybe. Um, but yeah, even just that idea of being able to draw a core shadow, blocking the rest of the shadow, and then your shadow forms are done, and there's a strong base on which to draw things from, rather than thinking of everything in 3D and getting a soft brush and the light is here and going from shading the light to the shadow side and the reflected light. The shorthand from figure drawing, um, I think, can be applied when doing concept art because now you have a better understanding of drop shadows and core shadows and um, mm. that understanding is, yeah, it helps a lot tremendously and it's not to say that this realization or this technique doesn't exist in concept art because i'm sure it does uh, but the difference is that the knowledge of that technique in the figurative world at least where i am is stronger than where i was and when i was in i get looking where i was when i was looking at concept art yeah it sounds like uh th even though the disciplines are different you still have a very very deep appreciation for his level of skill and his uh particular niche right yeah definitely yeah okay so i guess i'm going to skip a question because okay. my last one is if right now you had feng zhu if you were feng zhu or you just had Feng Zhu's hand and brain and it was implanted into your head and you were working on the same movies or I, I'm actually not sure if he's working in Hollywood anymore, but if you had his level of skill, but his particular niche and you were pumping out paintings with the speed and agility that you've always wanted, the, the thing that started your art career, um, I'm really curious if you had that, what would be your next step? Because I, I know you're you're a glutton for for punishment. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, for for learning, lear constantly learning new things. That, that's something that I always appreciate about interacting with you and talking with you. You always have a hunger for something more. So I don't think that if you were capable of doing his level of work, that you would just stop, right? So what comes to mind? If you can imagine yourself just doing the, the designs of a painting, you're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> what do you want to learn next? Yeah, I think that's a great question because it assumes that this has been my goal. Now I have the goal. Now what? It's a very like forward idea. But if I was me and I knew every, I was the same person I am, and I, one day, I, tomorrow I woke up and I had this, this yeah. ability, the thing that I've been striving so hard to get. This is, this is what we all want. What would I do next? And 
I think there's so many paths to take and it depends on the situation. But one path would be maybe I'd pick up like portrait painting or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What? Why can't you just do that now? (laughs) I mean, you you gotta get everything. But, or like maybe. Why portrait portrait, painting? Maybe not portrait. Okay, let's let's do portrait painting. Uh, Why portrait painting? Because it's so real and i feel like in order to be at this level of skill there is a lot of time invested in the digital process and i think while that's great it'd be nice to also do something not on the digital process to have some balance and find new skills within the portrait oil painting world yeah that's great. Uh, I have one more question. Okay. All right. Um, so Feng, Feng Zhu has, he, he has done so many things. He's, he's expanded into education as well as doing his concept art. Mm-hmm. And his school has been fairly successful. I, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at it in a while because uh, I guess the option for going there has passed mm-hmm. a number of years ago. But their school is touting a lot of job placements after their intensive one-year diploma program, which I think a lot of people have differing opinions on how much intensity is needed to achieve the level that they're pumping out in, in his one-year program. I'm curious on your opinion on this, the efficacy of that. So is it really possible or even advisable to have a one-year journey to get good? A one-year journey to get good. Yeah. I think think it's interesting. School is basically it, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting in understanding what level good is because I think that that's an idea that is means different things to everyone. For example, if you have no idea how to do perspective, if you have no idea how to construct an environment, get good could be a line drawing of an environment that you create out of your, out of your head. And whether or not you sketch up, whether or not you use, uh, well, essentially the 3D, um, that wouldn't matter in the overall scheme of getting good but i also think as one gains more knowledge their standard for getting good increases and so maybe after a while of doing everything in 3d um, one might idealize being able to do everything in 2d or if one does everything in 2d they might be able to idealize doing everything quickly in 3d and the continuous striving of get good always changes yeah so in going back to the original question do i think one year is enough to get good maybe if your get good was a certain level and never changed throughout the year i guess in this in this case their their definition is to to get a job doing art which I think I think that's probably doable, right? Yeah, I from think zero from zero, but it also depends on the type of job. 
I think if you have no experience and the idea is that in one year I'm going to be working on Hollywood's next biggest films, um, while not completely impossible, there's a lot of other people who have been trying very hard um, for something similar. And it's almost disrespectful to like, to go in and be like, hey, I know you've been trying this for like five years, but I just work really hard and I'm really smart. So I'm going to like overtake you. And I can't say whether or not that is possible, but I know even if it was possible, feels unfair <laughs> maybe this is this is the same feeling when when people have been putting all their time into a crime i know i see this in breakdowns where you know i've been trying to learn our flares for like three years now and then there's this kid who's like okay let's say i've been trying to learn air flares for 10 years now and then there's this kid <laughs> oh, who's, no. se- who's seven years old no don't and do this to me when you think about it it's like okay if they started, let's say, but after they could walk, so maybe they're like three, that gives them four years max to train. But <laughs> right, right after they stopped crawling, they started practicing air flares, and they still only had three years. And then I guess I could chalk it up to like, okay, maybe they have lighter body weight. But yeah, that, you you told me that once. You you were saying, oh yeah, I wish I. <laughs> Yeah, I like trained as a small child. <laughs> <laughs> and like they have less fear, you know. It's it's and, so easy for them, man. You you <laughs> you can't yeah. imagine. And I feel there's so many factors that go into that. But unlike uh dance, which is a very, very physical thing, I'm not saying art is not a physical thing, but there's the idea of language and how people say that children just learn languages faster than adults. Um but Turns out research has shown that's blatantly not true and that adults with the same amount of time in a language do learn faster than children. It's just that usually they don't keep at it for the same amount of time. They're not as, they don't have as much time in the, using the language because they're not in a 100% immersive environment. And I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. It's, I imagine that if we as adults were stripped of any ability to communicate in any way, we would try to find a way desperately to have our wants and needs met (laughs) in the same sort of way that a a baby's probably just having a existential crisis the whole entire time. Yeah, an existential crisis on becoming yeah. better at art. That's close to home. Yeah, that's why they. Uh, that's why they do air flares. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was that was really in- insightful, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your thoughts on Feng Zhu. No worries. I'm glad we had this podcast. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fan, for your time. Um, it was great to hear some of your insights on Alexandra Mandajev. I hope to see you again and talk to you again in the future. I know I will. We will talk after this. But oh yeah, thanks to everyone listening. I hope you have a great day or night wherever you are in the world. Until next time, peace.